Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. International News Review. Uh, we're up for our international news review. Steve Oaken joins us, the senior advisor at McClarty Associates. Steve, good morning. How you? Well, I won't ask you how you're doing because I think I have an idea. After the U.S. Uh, Senate has basically acquitted Donald Trump of his incitement charge. Well, that and I'm still waiting on the orange delivery from Neil. <laughs> it's on the way. It's on the way. Give it time. The weekend warriors are back. This is a time for celebration. The trio, the triumvirate yes, of power yes. is complete. Triumvirate, triumvirate of something. Yes. I'm not quite sure what. But um, Steve, so let, let's talk about this. You know, it, it's just happened in recent hours that we've had this um, 43 uh, failed to get the supermajority, the two-thirds majority, rather, in the House to convict Trump. Uh, and he's already piped up and said his movement has only just begun. As predicted, he was not, he was not found guilty. But where does this leave us as, as we look at what just happened? Well, I, I, he technically correct. He was, he was found not guilty. But I think it was, it was more of a, an acquittal than a, a not guilty verdict. Because mm. what True. most of the senators said was, we don't have the jurisdiction to hear a case against a former president. Therefore, we are going to not even look at the evidence because we don't have the jurisdiction to vote on it. But then when you see Senator McConnell, who voted not guilty, but after the trial, he (laughs) says that Trump was practically and morally responsible for what happened. That shows that if, if, if this had been a vote on whether people blamed him, he would have been convicted, but it wasn't. And so the Republican Party is putting off the reckoning of how to deal with Donald Trump to a later date. I I saw a poll that said roughly 57 percent of Americans believe that he was in some uh, measure responsible for the capital violence, which basically kind of comes down to almost the same percentage uh, that was in the Senate as well, right, in the final vote. Do you find that interesting at all that, I mean, maybe – the the Senate vote was actually, uh, you know, a, a true or relatively true reflection of where the American public's at. Well, it really kind of depends on how you ask the question. If you ask the question, is what Donald Trump did appropriate? I think it would have been a lot worse than 57 percent uh, of Americans saying it was inappropriate what he did. If, if it's should he be convicted and disqualified from ever running for office again, that number might have gotten a little bit higher. But you've got to remember, we are an extraordinarily divided country. Mm. We are an extraordinarily hyper-partisan country. You still have a, a, a good chunk of the American public who gets their news from Donald Trump himself or the you know right-wing media like Newsmax and One American Network. And they don't give the full picture that you would get if you were an impartial witness like the seven Republican senators who voted guilty were. You make a good point there, Steve. I'm just looking at figures now that say, according to CNN, the the figures were around 11 to 12 million uh, watching the opening arguments, but declined quite rapidly. And the pro-Trump Fox News ratings plummeted during the trial. So honestly... The, the, the base are not taking much interest in this anyway, which connects to your point. But moving on, you know, Mitch McConnell's points, <laughs> conflicted points. Yes, he's at fault. This is them trying to pander to their state 
uh, majorities, if you like, the Trump grip on the party is still there, isn't it? This this concept of Trumpism hasn't gone away. So what happens now for Republicans who have to move on without him, at least for the next four years, but also have to deal with the 74 million who voted for him? And that's look. There's no easy answer to that question. You, you kind of, if you want to put, give four people who exemplify what's happening right now, you've got you know Senator Hawley from Missouri, who's very much you know pro-Trump. This was a witch hunt. Everything Donald Trump did was correct. The election was 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 rigged. Um, so you have that wing of the party. Then you've got Mike Pence, right? The vice president who was in danger. His life was in danger. Trump threatened his life even more by egging on the protesters. And what is Mike Pence doing? Silence. He's not saying anything. So you've kind of got that piece of the Trump Republican Party. Then you've got Nikki Haley, who was in the Trump administration, but who's now saying very gingerly, okay, we have to get past Donald Trump without insulting Donald Trump or his base. (laughs) And then you've got the Republican governors of, let's say, you know, Massachusetts and and Maryland who are anti-Trumpers. Who are never Trumpers are saying we've got to we've got to get back to where we are the traditional center right Republican Party. How those four wings battle each other out over the next two to four years is going to be the story of whether the Republican Party survives even. Yeah, Steve, um, just at at the very last minute, uh, relatively speaking to the five day trial, this news came out about the phone call that Kevin McCarthy, the leader of the House Republicans, had with Donald Trump on the day, um, you know, beseeching Donald Trump to say something to call off the protesters. Trump said, you know, those protesters seem to care more about the election, uh, you know, than you do, McCarthy, blah, 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 blah. Now, this was added into evidence uh, during the trial at the very last minute. It, it is a very, the story is a very telling one, is it not? And I, I'm, are you surprised it didn't seem to make more of a dent on what people were thinking, what the senators were thinking? Now, remember, the, the, Trump, the Trump defense had basically three parts to it. The first part was the Senate has no jurisdiction under the Constitution to hear this. Therefore, anything is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. The second was, even if the Senate has jurisdiction, due process wasn't followed. This was rushed through the House. There was no gathering of evidence. We didn't have time to prepare. Therefore, you should vote not guilty because Donald Trump's due process. He was not afforded due process. The third was... Well, even if those two things you disagree with, that his speech is protected under the First Amendment as political speech and anything he says, regardless of outcome, is irrelevant because it's protected speech. And then you say, well, even if it's not protected speech, what he said, you cannot tie to the insurrection that occurred on the Hill. What you're talking about, Glenn, that evidence gets to part four, which is if Donald Trump knew that his words caused the mob to do what it is doing, and he did not tell them to back off after he knew that they were attacking people, killing people, and that the vice president and members of Congress' life were in danger, and he was rooting it on, that gets to the fourth part. So that gets into evidence, right, because it was accepted, but it's irrelevant if you don't get past parts one or two, which is there's no jurisdiction and he wasn't afforded due process. So not surprising that the Democrats said they were going to call a witness, got the statement in, and pulled pulled the, pulled the, the request for witnesses back. Mm. Do you think, Steve, that 
on a federal level, maybe they'll just hope that the cases he's got pending, he faces a myriad of court cases, as we know, on the east coast of America, business deals to deal with. They'll let that maybe take care, for want of a better word, of the Trump phenomena and hopefully move away from the Trump era. Because I'm just looking at the figures here. An Axios Ipsos poll last month still found that 57% of Republicans said Trump should be the party's nominee in 2024, even though he'll be 78 by then. So what do they do? I mean, do they continue to push this insurrection idea or just quietly let the state courts, the local courts, take care of whatever's going to happen subsequently in New York and hope that Trump maybe goes away that way? Well, there, there, there's, there's, two, there's three things we could keep in mind. One is the, the four criminal and civil proceedings that are ongoing against mm. him um, from sexual harassment mm. uh, to defamation uh, to improperly using the inauguration um, uh, to, to raise money that he kept for himself. So you have all those criminal cases So that's and civil cases. That's one element moving. Then you've got 200 criminal cases going forward now against people who were in the riots and, and people who were in the insurrection. Let's see what that evidence comes out. Who paid for them to go there? Um, did they coordinate with anybody? And did Donald Trump know they were coordinating with anybody? Because conspiracy um, cases are can tie Donald Trump there. So you've got 200 cases we've got to find out. In addition to that, the Congress is going to have an investigation into what happened around January 6th over everything. So you're going to get more things coming up. Then let's look at the the, econ- uh, the economy and COVID in the United States. If Joe Biden and the administration working with the Congress does a good job of attacking COVID, getting the vaccines out, getting, you know, getting to the point where we can return a normal life to the United States and the economy rebounds. All of that becomes irrelevant because Donald Trump's not going to win. Joe Biden mm. or whoever runs as a Democrat in, in, in four years from now, they're going to win. Because you're going to you're going to vote for them. So all of those dynamics are going to play out. So too soon to tell, because we've never had a situation where you've had (laughs) criminal liability, civil liability, a congressional investigation. And then you have getting past the health crisis the United States is in and the economic crisis the United States. Mm. Uh, Just a curious quick follow up to that, Steve. I was watching a documentary yesterday and they were showing again those clips of Don Jr. and Rudy Giuliani. Now, there's a stronger case there, isn't there? Because there was a literal call to arms from both of those men. Is there a sense that they might go for Don Jr. because he has the Trump name? He clearly says to the, the guys... You know, call to, I can't remember the exact line, but call to battle, let's go. Let, you know, it's a clear link to what followed, isn't it? Uh, Giuliani said trial by combat. Trial yes, by combat, it, that it, was it, Giuliani, it, yeah. It, 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 right, he, he got all them there. So, yeah, so it's not just Trump. I mean, you have other people who are involved. Um, and again, when you use a conspiracy, the actions of one uh, of one conspirator tie to the co-conspirator. So you can look at Giuliani and Don Jr. and the people who funded them to get there and the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. Um, and you could bring all of that together. So, yeah, there is there is real criminal issue at stake for everybody involved in that January 6th rally because it's of the conspiratorial nature of it. Then you've got the criminal case going on in Georgia over the phone call that uh, Donald Trump as president made to say, go find me votes. I need votes so I can win Georgia. Lindsey Graham, who also called, to interfere in this in the in the election he's being investigated so Mm -hmm. this is so far um from over 
and the fact that you got the most bipartisan vote for guilt in the history of impeachment in the United yeah. States. Mm, mm. It's going to be a stain on Donald Trump. It's going to be a stain on his administration. And, the, the you know, as you mentioned, Glenn, the 43 Republican senators who voted to acquit, they're going to have to live with that vote. Yeah. Talking with Steve Oaken, a senior advisor at McClarty Associates on our International News Review, our, our regular contributor, Mike Ong, says he got off on a technicality because Republican senators were fe- fearful of their voter base. I think exactly. that's been pretty well uh, discussed and, and documented. But, Steve, as we go forward, the the challenge, of course, with the Biden administration and Joe Biden has been uh, he's made some comments, but he's been very much out of kept himself out of the limelight on this particular thing, uh, instead focusing on his agenda. Uh, but now that we have this verdict and others may come, as you mentioned, in civil or, or possible criminal suits, at what point does the Biden administration want to just say, OK, let's move on? Because, mm-hmm. you know, now he's got pretty soon a year and a half uh, to get his agenda done before the midterm elections. No, and that's and, and it was like it was in both parties interests to get this over with as quickly as possible. The Republicans did not want Donald Trump being in the news every day any longer than he needed to be. And the Democrats were kind of torn between needing to do the right thing historically, preventing Donald Trump from having the ability to do this again, but getting past this because they knew he was going to be acquitted on, on, on jurisdictional due process grounds. And you need the nomin you know, you need the Senate to confirm Biden's nominees. You need the Senate to get the COVID relief package through. You need the Senate to then start to address the structural issues facing the United States, like infrastructure and like climate change. And so, look, two years from now, we are not when we or maybe a year and a half from now. So when we're gearing up for the midterm elections, the question isn't going to be what happened in the impeachment trial. The question is going to be what is the unemployment rate? What is the economy? Where are we on COVID? The Biden team knows that. The Democrats know that. They've got to get that focused on. So it is time to address that. And this impeachment trial, with its preordained conclusion, was only going to get in the way of that. But, Steve, is there an element where you do need a sort of bipartisan agreement where Trump is concerned? Because if he continues along this road where he likes the idea, Citizen Kane is his favourite movie, apparently, and he likes the idea of the greatest political comeback of all time, very Hollywood even if he's just in the background making noise, that's ultimately going to be a distraction for both parties, isn't it, moving forward? I think it's going to be much, it's much more going to be of an issue for the, for the Republican Party than the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has, has kind of a, an issue itself, which is how far do you go with the progressive agenda versus getting things through? Do you push for a $15 uh, minimum wage in a, in a budget reconciliation package. The Democrats are fighting over that internally now. So the Democrats have their internal battles to deal with, and the Republicans don't mind seeing those Democratic internal battles. Likewise, I don't think the Democrats are going to, to, to be too fussed about having Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and, and Hawley on one side and Haley on the other and Pence trying to straddle it and Donald Trump you know, trying to, you know, have his shadow over everything um, with his acolytes, like like his mm. son and maybe his daughter coming in. So it, it much worse for the Republicans and the Democrats. But both parties need to make sure that they're well positioned for 2022. Right now, the Democrats have that advantage. 
Steve, what would we expect to see now next from the Biden administration? Is it going to be pushing through the the COVID uh, plan? Uh, Obviously, he's been working hard on getting the vaccination uh, rollout happening and ordering more uh, vials of vaccine, etc. What do you think in, in this next week we'll see come out of Washington? Well, you've got it. You're, you're going to have that battle in terms of the of the uh, what goes into the COVID relief package. Is it going to be one point nine trillion, or are you going to trim some of that? Because some people think that that is too much, even on the Democratic side. Um, and then, do you keep that focus strictly on you know COVID relief and on the budget, or do you try and put in other things like a fifteen dollar um, minimum wage? All of that battle is going to take place. Uh, in the Democratic Party, um, the president is going to have to uh, lead that through. And if the Democrats don't get COVID right, it does. Everything else doesn't matter. They're going to lose in 2020. They're a hundred percent focused on that. Yeah, a lot, a lot riding on uh, the economy and on the health of the American public. Steve, thanks so much for your time today. As always, appreciate you being with us on weekend mornings. Happy to get the group back together. <laughs> International News Review. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.